Okay. Good evening. Today is April 15th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the doctor's opinion. My name is Elena, and I'm a compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic. And tonight I'm going to share the doctor's opinion with you from the point of view of where I am in the steps and what the doctor's opinion has done for me so far. Um, at the end, uh, I would like to hear from all of you, since I am still working the steps, um, what it's like to take a newcomer through the doctor's opinion. Um, also, maybe if newcomers are here, if they have any questions, just kind of open it up to a discussion or um, maybe pointers for me as someone who's still working the steps. So currently I am on step six and my defects of character are glaring at me right now. Um, so you can imagine what it was like for me to create something to speak about tonight um, when my top three defects are perfectionism, people pleasing and a fear of inadequacy. Um, so that's really fun. Um, I've been abstinent for almost five months now. It will be five months this weekend, uh, thank God. And my life has really changed in a very short amount of time. Um, thank you to my higher power. Um, and also I wanna say, um, just a disclaimer, I have listened to all the greats talk about the doctor's opinions. I have notes and notes and notes about it, um, including some of you that spoke about it that are in this meeting. My prayer is that I don't tell you what I think you wanna hear. Um, I wanna give you my authentic experience of going through the doctor's opinion for the first time. Um, I can actually be like a chameleon and morph into what I think you want me to hear in order to be liked and approved of. Um, and I don't wanna do that tonight. Um, so I know I only have about 10 minutes and I'm not gonna to get to every point that I wanna to get to. Um, but here are some things that really jumped out at me about the doctor's opinion. Um, first thing is I am an addict, period. I'm a food addict. I'm an addict of many sorts, physical allergy, um, mental obsession, phenomenon of craving. This is the hardest thing that I ever had to admit. This is what the doctor's opinion, first of all, um, has done for me. No more fighting, no more forcing. Um, if it weren't for this chapter, I wouldn't be in OA and I wouldn't still have my abstinence, like period. And I'm an addict. And it's kind of freeing for me to say that. So I just want to start with page XXV where Dr. Silkworth says, I personally know scores of cases who were of the type with whom other methods have failed completely. Um, that sentence in itself made me panic. It, it spoke to my hopelessness, um, meaning that I am out of ideas. I cannot continue to do this my way. If my diets, if my overeating, if my uh, restricting, if my exercise bulimia worked, um, then I wouldn't be here today. So I've heard, and I think my sponsor told me this, that addicts are very stubborn people with a ridiculously high tolerance for pain and suffering. And I can take a beating and I can also give a beating, which is why I need these steps. And physical abstinence is not enough for me. Um, I've spent thousands of dollars on diets. Um, I actually have many degrees in nutrition. I built a career out of telling other people what to eat um, and not being able to solve my own problem with food. I thought that if we just got to the root cause of why I was eating, then my problems would all be solved. Um, 
And what I'm coming to learn is that it doesn't matter why, maybe I was born this way. It's most likely my mother's fault, you know, cause I blamed everything on her, uh, my poor mother. Um, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that I've tried everything, Western philosophies. When the doctors failed me, when the doctors didn't work, I went to the Eastern side. Um, I've tried everything. I almost went on an ayahuasca retreat. I've walked on fire. I mean, we, we all have done all of these things, shamans and shrinks. I mean, those were like my best buds for a long time, but it turns out that the food is not my problem. Food is the solution to my problem. My emotions are what drives me into the food. Food has not been my problem. So a lot of this has been me accepting that this is my given circumstance. This is it. I'm accepting that I'm an addict. I admit that my ways are not working. And I know I'm not alone in this, that for the longest time, I felt like I was beyond repair. My higher power could come down, strike me, like nothing was going to help me with this food problem. Um, and I can't believe that I'm saying that OA has been the only thing that has given me complete abstinence. Um, and when I first started OA 10 years ago, I never started with the doctor's opinion. Um, I was abstinent on something called the gray sheet, um, but I was a dry drunk, um, walking around restless, anxious, um, irritable, still trying to get everything perfect to try to hide the fact that I never think that I'm enough. Um, and I want more and more, and I want the best. And I expect that from myself. And I also expect that from others. Um, and I just wanna go now to page XXVI. And Bill writes, in this statement, he confirms what, what we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe or addiction torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. He goes on to say a little bit further down, in our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. And I'm just gonna turn the page and read just a little bit more. We believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. So they're the doctors telling me that I have an allergy of the body and that the phenomenon of craving doesn't happen to the average temperate eater. I spent years pleading with God, please make me normal. Please take this food thing away from me. I just wanted to be like everyone else. Um, I never understood, you know, for instance, my husband and his entire family of normal eaters, they're not into sweets. They can take it or leave it. They don't, they don't think about their body. They stop when they're full. I mean, who are these people? Like, I have no idea where they came from. And coming from a whole family of, of compulsive overeaters, we're still trying to figure them out. Like, we're, we're Italian. What are you talking about? We're full. Like, that makes no sense to us. Um, and I pleaded my whole life for God to, to just make me normal. Just have me eat normally. Um, and that never worked. And so now I just want to just jump to the other thing that really stood out to me. The bottom of that page, XXVIII, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. So this effect, and I thought a lot about this effect, and I didn't really understand it at first, 
but I can get effect um, out of taking the first bite. I also can get effect out of get an effect out of restricting my food. I can get an effect out of exercising. Um, I can tell you how many calories, fat, protein, carbs are in any food out there. My hand is a human scale. I can tell you how much things weigh just by putting it in my hand. I can even tell you ingredient labels, what's in foods and the order of which they appear on the label, okay? I've even gotten, two minutes, thank you. Um, I've gotten an effect out of being 300 pounds and you know, losing 150 pounds and getting it, you know, attention of doing that. It's all about the effect for me. Why? Because I've an addict and I need more and more and more. Um, the last thing, a couple more things, but I'm going to try to do this in a couple minutes. So take extra time, Elena, if you need. Okay. So on page XXX, it says there is the type of man who is unwilling to admit that he cannot take a drink. He plans various ways of drinking. He changes his brand or his environment. There is the type who always believes that after being entirely free from alcohol for a period of time, he can take a drink without danger. So here's the thing, the dishonesty, more of my defects coming out. Here's my dishonesty and my selfishness. I think I know better. I think I'm not as bad as any anybody here. I think I can outsmart my way out of this, try the next new diet, always outdated. There's gotta be more scientific evidence like there, there it can't this can't just be the way um I don't have a problem with food uh things like that I could go years without self you know with self-control I mean I've kept off 150 pounds for over 10 years without OA so what is it that I need this OA for but I'm not just a compulsive overeater I'm also a restrictor and I have mental obsessions so the phenomenon of craving doesn't happen every single time for me I'm not off to the races with the food when I take one, one bite, but I will tell you what does happen. Extreme controlling behaviors, the obsessions, the calculations, the exercising when I'm exhausted, exercising when I'm, when I'm injured even, um, the adrenal fatigue, the constant body checking, the being a completely raging dry drunk with my husband and my family. Why? Because even when I have physical abstinence, I need emotional sobriety. I need these steps to be a sane person, okay? Um, there's many other things that I can share about, and it's easy for me to um, admit that I'm an addict, but it was not easy for me to admit that I have a disease. What do you mean disease? I just have a problem with food. The word disease just wouldn't sit well with me. And if my food problem could only be solved, then I would be okay. Um, well, I lost all this weight. I'm still not okay. So I heard someone in a podcast once and it, it was something to the effect of um, a disease is something that invades your body. A disease is something that invades your body. And me overeating, restricting, exercising, obsessing is me invading me. And that was just so profound <laughs> to me um, when, when I heard that. So yes, I do have a disease, um, I'm an addict and acceptance is the answer to all my problems. And just for today, I weigh and measure my food. I do not weigh and measure my body, that is off limits. Um, I took a bat to my scale about seven years ago and I never looked back um, from being on that scale five times a day. 
So I weigh and measure my food. I do not weigh and measure my body. Um, and I'm learning through these steps how to take direction um, and how to properly weigh and measure my life. Um, and I think that's all I want to share tonight. And I think that's time. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep track of time for 8.47. So um, we will now open for three minute shares as this is a book, big book study sharing should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Um, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Yes, awesome. Okay, so since this is like the learning, right, Amy, since this is the learning part of, of, of this week, I just wanted to open it up also to people um, what it was like to take um, newcomers through the doctor's opinion, um, or if you're a newcomer and have questions, um, or we're just going to open it up to, to what you'd like to share, or you can just share from where you're at. Um, all right, so who would like to share? I see Michelle. Okay, I see Michelle. Go ahead, Michelle, and Amy, and then Amy. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle, compulsive overeater. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, and Elena, oh my gosh, that was like a mic drop worthy share just now. Everything you said, I'm like, I can't argue with it. I can't argue with any of it. And it, oh, it was just so phenomenal. I loved that you started out by saying, I am an addict, period. And for me, you know, when you were sharing like OA, and my overall abstinence, it was the last house on the block for me. Like I did not want to one fully surrender for a very long time. We don't get the luxury of picking and choosing what we're powerless over. We're just powerless over it. Um, and I, I loved your, your, you could feel the surrender in your share and it was truly, truly inspiring. And I, I really appreciate that. And five months is also very inspiring. Um, today, 75 days for me, day at a time, but five months is like, wow. Um, I also loved, uh, you know, the disease, it's, we have an allergy of the body, uh, which, which is our abstinent, you know, which is, you know, abstaining from what we're allergic to. And then we have a twist of the mind, which we need to work these steps to have everything sorted out. And, and I'm also in a, a similar position of what you said of like, I'm working through my character defects. I'm doing amends for the first time this weekend. I've never done an amends before. I am terrified to do an amends, um, but I'm doing it and, you know, working these steps, it's going to straighten me out. And I, I think, you know, something that I have fear that I just, you know, wanted to share is I am so scared that, I'm subconsciously doing this like a diet that I'm doing my abstinence like a diet. And, you know, I'm, I'm working this program. Like my hair is on fire, like my body is on fire. Um, I'm doing and trying to do everything I can. I just, I have so much fear of losing what freedom I have in such a short period of time. You know, what if I'm not doing it right? And it's what you said, 
we got to trust in our higher power. We have to trust and surrender that it's going to work out the way it needs to. As long as I meet God halfway, then I'm doing what I can. Um, I just loved everything that you said. It was so inspiring. It was so inspirational. And um, I'm also very grateful that we have this Thursday night where it's a little bit different where, you know, we can come. And um, I think I read on the website, it said something like, uh, ask questions for me. I've never been a sponsor. I would like to eventually, I don't even know the first thing about that for me being a sponsor. So that's something in time, but just grateful for this meeting. Thanks. Thank Perfect you. timing. <laughs> All right, Amy, I see you next. And then Kelly. Thank you, Elena. Thank you everybody who's doing service here tonight. Thank you to everybody who is here, um, which is service too. Elena, that was amazing. Your connection, your um, just uh, delivery of the things in the doctor's opinion. Um, and you're talking about like, you know, when you start to sponsor, you, you pulled out the great stuff that this is about addiction. The book may be written in the, in the narrative of alcoholics, but it's about addicts and we are addicts. I actually have a question for you. One of the things that you and I share in common is that I can tell you exactly how many calories is in that. I know how to lose weight. I know all of the exercises. I've lost half my body weight. You can't, I know how to lose weight. I came into these rooms knowing how to lose weight, but being a full on crazy person and, and you know, doing things only to the extreme. How have you reconciled the concepts of absolute abstinence and complete surrender with something that is not extreme because absolute and complete are extreme words, but we need to not be extreme people. And I, I just am wondering how you feel about that. Can you say that another way? Say that. Sure. Sure. Um, Absolute abstinence. So like previously, like the idea of the extreme restriction is yeah. extreme. Yeah. The idea of absolute abstinence or complete surrender to somebody who is aware that they're an addict and has to be careful of extremes. How is it different? You know, how do you reconcile the, like, how is it, how is this absolute helpful? as opposed it's, to extremism, which is crazy, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, no, this is an extremism that I choose. This is one that actually gives me peace of mind. Why weighing and measuring my food right now? Why, you know, I, I don't know why, but I have peace of mind. I'm okay with this. Um, this is an extreme that I am tethered to my higher power when it comes to, you know, making the, like, it, it is just happening. The, the closer that I, that I stay to my higher power, the more I am okay with this extreme where um, I was afraid at first to weigh and measure. I thought it would, it would you know, trigger that perfectionism, trigger that extremism. Um, but it is actually giving me peace that everything is right size. I don't have to think about it. Um, and it gives me space to work on my life and see my life for what it is. So what that I'm in restaurants and I whip out my skill, you know, who care? Like, I don't care. There are a lot of worse things that could be happening right now. Um, but I just feel 
so um, much inner peace. There's the stillness. I feel, I feel my higher power and that's an extremism that I'm, I'm really okay with right now. I hope that answered your question. Okay. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yep. Um, Kelly, I see you next. Um, I am Kelly Camille Overeater. Okay. Hi, thank you so much for this meeting. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having this. Um, Elena, this was Elena, right? Did I yep. say it right? Elena? Okay. It was so great hearing you tonight. I've seen you before and it was like awesome to hear your share. I so relate. I, um, I've been in recovery a little over nine years myself and um, I was abstinent for a long, long time up until last December. And Throughout that process of recovery, you know, it was white knuckling a lot of it. It was really, really hard to get through that obsession. I fought, I fought, I, I, I fought. Mm -hmm. And I never had that connection with a higher power. Um, I mean, I did, I did. It just, it wasn't something that I could rely, like, I didn't feel that connection throughout the day like others did. When faced with indecision, when faced with discomfort, I didn't, I wasn't able to fully surrender and know that I was taken care of. I still got in the way, you know, it was exhausting. Um, and that made me fall hard on my face, losing relationships. I mean, so many things have changed in the past couple months, um, including a ton of weight gain. So I'm currently sitting in treatment right now um, for my eating disorder. I'm going to get out um, Monday. And I just hear what you're saying. Like the doctor's opinion is like where I'm at. Like, I, I need help. You know, I need to weigh and measure my food. I cannot have absolutely no sugar. I cannot have, uh, and I can't have flour. And I know this, you know, I know this and I, and I hadn't for years, but it's like, my gosh, the addict in me is like, I would risk everything for the food. I would risk everything for that food. And my mind started thinking like, there's not enough hours in the day for me to pick up, for me to even feel like I've gotten my, my money's worth of my binge. If I started too late, shoot, then I'm gonna have to carry over to the next day. If I started too early, then I'm gonna be sick around dinner time. So maybe I'll get through the, like, I needed help. I'm getting the help that I need. I am powerless over food. I am an addict. Um, this is really cut and dry. I mean, there's steps that I need to do to be okay at the end of the day. And um, something that they taught me here at treatment is this acronym called SMURF. So it starts, S is spirituality, M is meditation, E is exercise, R is rest, and F is food plan. And if you do those five components on a daily basis, they say you're guaranteed recovery. So I'm buying it. And that's been going on for a long, that SMURF people live by. So if that could help anybody, if you go through that checklist throughout the day and you check them off, it's like that, that's a good way. Um, you know, that's, that's a good starting point to have a successful day. So anyway, I'm grateful to be here. Awesome meeting. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. Is there anyone else who would like to share? Uh, Sarah, and then Stacy. Go ahead, Sarah. Hey, Elena. That was awesome. It was so good to hear you. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, just a lot of stuff that I, I can relate to a lot of the restriction and stuff too. Just extremists right here for sure. I have a question. Um, we are talking about you had come into OA 10 years ago. So I don't know if like you've maintained all this weight in the 10 years you've been in OA, but I guess the question is, okay, so like now you're, you're talking about doctor's opinion. You've got five months of abstinence. Like what changed this time around? Like did doctor's opinion hit you differently? Like what is it? Cause it sounds like you, at the end you ended with like acceptance is the answer to all my prayer or all my problems today. And yeah. so like, were you not accepting something in the doctor's opinion before? I didn't even study the doctor's opinion before. Um, when I went into OA, that was not something that we did in OA in New York City where I was. Um, it was more of like an intuitive eating type of thing. So when I read the doctor, like I resist the idea that there that I'm an addict. I don't want to be associated with being an addict. I don't want to be associated with having a disease. This is all my defects, my dishonesty, my self-seeking, my grandiosity, like all those types of things were coming into play. Um, so what changed for me this time when I read, actually read the doctor's opinion was just like a complete, I have to stop fighting. I really felt like my life was over. Like I came to a point where I said, I am just going to pretend, let me just sit with it. Let me just try on the idea that I'm an actual addict, you know, as much as I don't like that word, as much as, you know, whatever, I'm just going to try it on. So yes, I was fighting the fact that I have an addiction and that this could be a disease. Um, Cause that's just not, that's just not cool. Like to me, it's just, it just wasn't. Um, and so I, I did maintain, um, I didn't lose all the weight in OA or in Gracie. I didn't do that. I lost it on my own. And like, we heard somebody else say, like, I knew how to do it. And I forced my way through it. I, I forcefully made myself lose weight. I was still binging on the weekends and then restricting during the week. Um, and then at a certain point, like it kind of leveled out, but I still had the mental crazies happening. I'm, you know, checking my body and, you know, every single thing that I ate, I calculated and then I had to go work it off. Um, so I maintained like the weight loss, but it was like I was on the other end of the spectrum at that point. Whereas before I was just like compulsive overeater, compulsive overeater. And then, you know, something shifted, like they say, the disease changes. And then I was more of a restrictor. So my body didn't show the physical weight, but I was a mess. I was a mess with the obsessions. Um, I hope that answers your question. Okay. Um, who is next? Stacy. Stacey, go ahead. Elena, thank you so much for sharing. I so relate to your story. Um, even what you just said now, I can totally relate because I relapsed last week when I was in Florida a little bit. I didn't sink deep into the hole with um, my laxative abuse. I just took two, but I was like binging with the food and spitting into and out and kind of over-exercising to compensate um, for the food, but of course that didn't help because I actually, when I came back, I actually did gain, but I actually think I needed to, but I don't really know. So I kind of started over again when I came back home this week. Um, like you have said, weight, weight measuring does give me a little bit more clarity and a little bit more freedom when I do it. Um, right now, um, 
I'm like leaving a lot of things up to God in a way, but I think I'm still trying to control things. I'm also in New York city. And seven years ago, I did leave away because I wasn't ready and the rampage of it. And there was just something about it where now I find there's more peace and serenity I'm finding, but I'm still seeking something I'm not sure with, I, I like I, with a sponsorship and something, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't feel like I'm, I'm whole yet in a way, but I didn't leave. And I have to say last week, thank God to some fellows that I spoke to. I, I really have to say, I, I wouldn't have done it without them last week where I was either. So I'm forever blessed to the fellowship and the meetings right now. So with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Elaine, for you speaking and sharing your story because it really hit home also tonight. So thank you so much. Welcome. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Stacy. Okay. I see Katie. Go ahead, Katie. Thanks, Elena. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader. Elena, I, I, I really, I'm very grateful for your share. It was exactly what I needed to hear was, it was fantastic. And I'm biased because my daughter's name is Elena. So just like, sorry, it's probably inappropriate to say, but I love your name. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I, I, as a sponsor, I will say, um, and as somebody that was very resistant to the doctor's opinion, I not resistant. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. It didn't, it didn't apply to me in the beginning. I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. Um, and I, I tried this program like in the nineties and then I left, I tried about five years ago. I had like one of these powerhouse sponsors <laughs> that was just one, you know, that's you hear podcasts and she was amazing. And she, I mean, there's nothing, she's lovely. She's got great recovery and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't done. I wasn't out of ideas. And I wasn't in a place where I was ready to accept, like you said, accept that I'm an addict, accept that I have a disease. I wasn't there. And, um, and this time, gratefully, I, I was, I was just, I was, I guess, I don't know why I don't, you know, and I know we're not supposed to reflect or, or regret the past rather. And I don't, it was my journey and I needed every second of it to be where I am. Um, but as a sponsor, I'll say that that's sort of, now that I know that about myself, that it took, it took me what it took me and it took as long as it took. And that's, that was it. Um, as a sponsor, not that it's not important to get your message across, but people are ready when they're ready and they're not ready one second earlier. And so the best that we can do, I'll speak for myself, is I do 100% accept and believe in the doctor's opinion. And I know that that is exactly why I was able to get recovered this time. It's, it's the reason that I was able to take the steps in the way I was able to take them. And also I know that that doesn't make any of my sponsees <laughs> ready, right? Like I can just share what I can share. And I can and I can try to hit home the points and I and I don't ever make myself the final word. I love other podcasts, like you said, also like all the big the big hitters, right? I want to I listen to all of them and I refer them, you know, to sponsees to hear all the different perspectives. 
and also in, when they're ready, they're ready. And, um, and so just to be gentle with ourselves as sponsors, to be gentle with our sponsees, to be gentle with ourselves as sponsees, this is a process and there's, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, and we're all in it together and, you know, we can all just sort of rely on each other. And I guess that's, that's where I'm at, but thank you so much for your share. That was great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. All right. I see Heather. And then after Heather, I think we're going to stop um, the recording. Okay. Go ahead, Heather. Hi. Um, thank you. So um, Heather recovering compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, beautiful part of yourself and your uh, experience with us. I really identified so much with what you said. And um, just regarding the doctor's opinion, um, as someone who was in OA in the 90s um, and just recently came back within the past year, I don't know how, but I never got the message last time um, that this was not about me trying hard enough, you know, like that this was not, <laughs> if the doctor's opinion is the most, was the most liberating thing that I have ever read in my life. And I never thought to read it. I mean, we didn't even use the big book. So I had a workbook and it was like, I was doing steps one, two, and three over and over again. And um, when I found out that it's not, not the case that everyone else really, really wants to lick the icing off the, you know, someone else's plate or whatever. Um, but they don't do it because they, you know, they managed to not do it. I mean, that's just like blew my mind. So um, just speaking to the, you know, asking about the, um, I'm not a sponsor, but I know that as someone who has been sponsored, that um, that hearing those words was just like uh, a light bulb went off in my head and I just couldn't believe it. So, you know, it's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heather. Okay, we will now stop the recording for 10 minutes of unrecorded shares. 